the, the last few weeks, um, we've been talking about the armor of God, and that was really good. But today, we're actually going to start a new series called Balance. And um, half of you can probably see that, the other half of looking at the, the blackboard. But um, I think the, the, the timing of this um, series is really great because this is, you know, we're in the, the last uh, straight before we get to Christmas, the end of the year. End of the year, start of the new year, and um, it's—I think it's—we call it the silly season for a reason because everything gets amplified. You know, all the emotions, all the craziness. Um, it's usually a time of indulgence. You know, Christmas, too much Christmas pudding for some people. Turkey, ham, whatever the trimmings are, um, people tend to go overboard. And um, there's also, you know, all those external pressures to spend. Make sure you find the perfect gift, you know, especially if it's your first Christmas as a couple, you've got to commemorate it properly and all that sort of stuff. Or maybe you've been married for uh, 10 years and maybe it's lost its shine a little bit. But um, um, I guess the other thing that's starting to happen is everyone's starting to wind down. You know, work's finishing, study's finishing, and um, but then the, the social scene's picking up steam. You've got work functions, family Christmases, you probably catch up with family you haven't seen since last Christmas, and had the same conversations you had last Christmas, and all those dynamics get tested. So life is going to be a little bit crazy as we get towards the end of the year. So tonight I thought we'd be a bit interactive, I'm going to need some feedback from you guys. And to start with, I just thought I'd see what you guys think when you think about balance. So, any takers? Impossible. <laughs> Depends how you do it. Anyone else? No? So, so, bags of flour. Yeah, what? One on the left, one on the right, and nice balance. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell they're a kilo? They're supposed to be the same, so if you've got one in each hand, you don't know if they're a kilo or not. So I grab it and take it to the food section. That is next level. I'm worried they're going to shortchange you. Yeah, you know. all that baking I did. <laughs> I, was, um, I went online to find the answer. I thought I'd cheat. Um, because reality is, it's actually a fairly new concept uh, in life that we use these days. And um, probably the most, I guess, relevant answer is that it's, you get to a point where your day-to-day life is peaceful and harmonious. And that's probably written by someone that doesn't have kids. <laughs> but the most common reference is obviously, and you would have all heard this, is the work-life balance. Okay, so. Um, I went on the government website, healthdirect.gov, and it says, it talks about Australians in general, but it says, many of us are time poor. We're constantly rushing to juggle different commitments, and Australia has fallen behind the rest of the developed world in trying to achieve a healthy balance between work and life outside of work. A good work-life balance means you have harmony between different aspects of your life, where benefits gained from each area can support and strengthen the others. So work-life integration is a new concept where many people are learning to blend their work and personal lives successfully. So I thought tonight we'll be practical, 
And we're going to try a little exercise to teach you guys a little bit about balance. So I need you all to stand up. And I know Mel shared this morning on her experience with balance, especially after spending time with the Gravitron as a teenager. So maybe take it a bit easy tonight. Alright, so you guys might have done this before, but um, I've done it in, in medicals for going on site and stuff. But the way they test your balance is you put one foot in front of the other, crush your arms, crush your chest, and see if you can hold it. Yeah? Some of you are struggling already? That's okay. I reckon if you're uh, under 50, you should be able to hold this stance for at least 40 seconds. Anything under that, and you probably need to work with your balance because you're at risk of falling as you get older. Now, some of you, you're all doing this pretty easy. The next thing you can do is you can raise your toes. Both, both feet, yeah. So lift your toes up, reduces the, you know, your foot size on the ground and makes it a bit more difficult. Yeah, you're all doing, still doing pretty well. The other, next thing you can do is you can close your eyes. So you, you know, you think about eyes, eyes are integral to your balance. You think like a, um, a tightrope walker or a dancer, they'll focus on one spot. Yeah? The other thing, all right, if you guys are doing pretty good with that as well, some of you anyway. The other thing you can do is to mess with your inner ear, which governs your balance, is you rock your head side to side. While doing that, so you hold it together. I thought you might tap out of that. <laughs> Well done. You can all sit down. Now, obviously, this exercise has nothing to do with work-life balance, but it does show you how different parts of you all come together to create that balance. So, you know, if your eyes are out, it affects your balance. If your ears are out, it affects your balance. I mean, you might have an injury and you can't hold that initial position for whatever reason, and that affects your balance too. Um, so obviously you need everything working together to have your, your perfect balance. And I'd say that is also the same in our lives as well. <coughs> all right. The second exercise I want you all to help me out with is I thought tonight we would list out what makes up parts of our life. Okay? So things like work, family, sleep. That's a very important one for Rachel. And I'm going to list them all here. We're going to we're going to use what we come up with on the board for a bit more detail. So, sleep. Optional. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. Food. Yeah. Exercise. Good. What do you say? How is it fun? What are some of the other ones? Stay hydrated. I'll put that one here. Driving. I wasn't sure if anyone would think of that one. 
Yeah, good. Painting. <laughs> I'm going to put that on the hobbies. Uh, what else? Good. What about chores? <laughs> I'm going to put that down as me time. <laughs> else? Study, good. Socializing, but I'm going to put relationships because they're a bit different to socializing. Shopping, nothing that comes under hobbies. <laughs> or it can come under food and drink. Yeah. Or chores. You can fit it in somewhere. Holidays, yep. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, the next step is we're going to look at how many hours you spend on these things in a week. So, if we go with work, we'll say that's a standard 40-hour week. And we'll assume that everybody gets a wonderful eight hours of night, and eight hours of sleep at night. And Rach can attest to that one. All right. So uh, exercise and sport. I put, you're supposed to get uh, half an hour a day is recommended. Obviously, people vary in that. Um, so I'm just going to put four hours against that one. How much time do you reckon you spend socialising? Too much? That's um, another one, yeah. Yes, I'm very healthy in that regard. Alright, so, screen time. I was going to bring that one up after we had all the time on here, alright? Yeah? You have? You jumped the gun. That was supposed to be my surprise. Like, the average Aussie spends 18 hours a week watching TV. That's crazy. Because I don't. It means someone's watching about 36 hours. Alright, so, our relationships. So, I accounted that. I said, two hours a day, and I was thinking you're spending time with your spouse or um, close friends, average over a week. Uh, travel, so driving, I said an hour a day. What about hobbies? How much time do you spend on your hobbies every week? Or having fun? Not enough? Put a number on it. Three to four? Alright, we'll go four. Um, how much time do you spend eating, drinking, or shopping for those things? Sorry? Yep, preparing. Ten hours? Twelve. 
Uh, what about church and God? You do, what, two hours on a Sunday for church, maybe two hours for connect group. Um, some of you guys are involved in youth, so it's a bit higher. What are we reckoning? Four? Well, we can count, we can count that one separately. Do you want to give us a number for that one? <laughs> what else we got? Chores. What? What do we reckon? Two hours a day. Two hours a day. Well, I was, I was thinking. You know, I don't know. Four a week. Okay. I, I, I actually had an hour a day. Family. How much time is lost spent on family? Hundreds. <laughs> See, I put, I put in my numbers, I put it two hours a day. So it's an hour in the morning to get the kids fed, dressed out to school, and then an hour in the evening to get the kids uh, dressed and hop in bed. And uh, <laughs> anyone want to go with anything else? Why it's good? But well, that that could be coming into then socialising and other things. Anything else? What well, socialising? That's what we haven't done yet. Who gets out and about? Yeah. How much? Fifteen. Socialising. Wow. Yes, it is. Yeah, that can be crossover. Does someone want to add up all these for me? So it doesn't fit, obviously. And I know this is very, you know, general and all our lives are very different, but this just shows that everything we're trying to throw into our life often doesn't fit. So we talk about balance and automatically we are in deficit here. We don't have enough time to do everything that we want to do. And that's before we throw in our 18 hours of TV time and social media and anything else you want to throw in there. Um, the other thing also to take into account is that all we've done is look at time. You know, if your health gets affected, um, all of a sudden everything else gets thrown out of whack. Um, if your relationship breaks down, that's going to affect every other area of your life as well. Um, your work situation could change. You know, we've, 
don't put anything up here for looking at your finances and making sure you're financially sound moving forward in your life. So there's all this, not too many people doing it. <laughs> so I guess my point is that all it's going to take is one thing, one, we didn't even do any me time, you know, and in this day and age where you're supposed to be self-reflecting and self-assessing and um, we can spend, we haven't even spent time with God here yet either as well. Um, so, you know, there's a lot to fit into life and at some point you're going to have to decide what's important and what's not. So, I, staying with the practical side of things, I went and I looked at, um, I just Googled, you know, how to have a balanced life. And I picked it, uh, one particular one that was um, seven different things that successful people do. I mean, there's, every single page has something different, so I just went through and picked one that I felt was relevant to me. And they get you to just to score yourself on your life as to how you feel you're going in each section of your life. That gives you an idea of you know what part you need to work on or um, what parts you're doing well in and stuff like that. So the first one was physical health. I think this is pretty straightforward. And you know, I believe everyone's got a purpose, but you've only got one body. So you've got one chance to fulfill what God's given you. Um, so you've got to look after yourself. And this doesn't mean that you've got to you know, run, be able to run a marathon. Um, have six-pack abs and all that sort of stuff. It's, are you fit enough so that you don't have to do something? Are you fit enough that you don't have to say no to anything that you want to do? So is it you chasing the kids? Is that that's your level of fitness that you need? Or then that, that's what you would mark yourself by? Or is it you are an elite athlete and you want to be the best? Well, then obviously you're going to mark yourself very differently. But obviously, if you're not looking after yourself, well, then you're not going to be able to achieve any of that. And you probably score yourself at zero. Um, the second one was family. And it was the question they asked was how balanced do you feel with your family time? What's your relationship like with your spouse, your kids? How about your parents and extended family members? Uh, family ties are the tightest relationships you should have in your life, no matter how busy things get at work. Uh, if you give yourself a low score here, it's worth hitting the pause button to make an investment in repairing these relationships. So family members are part of your support network and you'll never miss them more than when you're at your lowest point. So that just you know shows how important family is. The next point that got you to measure yourself by was your social network. So, you know, what friends have you got in your life? What is the quality of those relationships? Are they guys that are going to... Um, support you, uh, it might just be that you guys that you get out and you play soccer with, or basketball, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, it says if you're sacrificing relationships like these, you're working too hard. Because you need guys in life. I mean, you look at the life of Jesus, and his 12 disciples that followed him everywhere. And um, I'm sure they got a lot more out of him, but uh, he certainly needed them there to support him as well. Um, it then looks at finances and what does your personal financial balance sheet look like? Are you on a path to accumulate enough wealth? I mean, it's talking about retirement. This guy was very much in the business sector when he was talking about balance. Um, then the next one was business. So whether you're running your own business or, or working, 
you know, how engaged, how energised are you each day to turn up for work? You know, if your job is mundane and boring, maybe it's time you had a change, or maybe it's time that you um, tried to change your own perception of what work was and what you were getting out of work. Um, the next one, they called it civic, but basically this was how are you spending your time on others? And it was investing into your community. So whether you were coaching a local sports team, um, helping out a youth, that's a great example of giving you your time. It was basically taking the focus off you and putting your focus on others. It gives you a healthy perspective on how others are doing and also you're being a healthy contributor to the community as well. So these were just some of the things um, that they listed. Um, but I think the problem, like this, this is a, a great tool to have or a great exercise to take yourself through. Because um, it gives you an indicator of where you stand and how balanced you feel in your life. But I think when we break things down like this, um, we can kind of compartmentalize everything a little bit too much. You know? And I think with the whole work-life balance, what we do that with work. This is work over here, and then this is life over here. We kind of separate the two. But the truth is they overlap. Um, and one is going to affect the other, for good and for bad. Um, I think often work also, this is a bit of a side note, work's given the bad label. Sometimes, you know, work takes you away from life. But the truth is work is equipping you to have life outside of that place. It's, um, it's given for a lot of people that is their purpose, where they find purpose is in work, where they find fulfillment is in work and what they're doing, what they're building, um, to where they make their relationships and um, meet people. Yeah, but just with regards to balance and just, I guess, an example from my own life as to how um, out of balance this sort of thing can be, for me, the last three weeks leading into this has been probably the busiest time of the year for me. And, you know, I'm used to working 40, 45 hours a week, five days a week. I'm usually home to do dinner, bath, bed with the kids and all that. But the last three weeks have been uh, 10, 12 hour days, 60 plus hours a week. And, you know, it's not, it's, it's my job. It's, I have to do that. It's actually been probably the most fulfilling time of the year for me as well what we've been able to achieve at work and that. Um, but things have to, to give. So, because uh, I'm getting home late, well, I'm not spending time anywhere near enough time with the family. And the kids know that. And, you know, Macy asks me every night, can you take me to school tomorrow? Well, no, I can't do that for another few weeks. Um, obviously, less time with Rach because I'm getting home exhausted and wanting to go to sleep, which... My sleep never, never looks like that anyway. <laughs> but, you know, it, it drops significantly when I'm getting up at 5 o'clock every morning and sometimes 4 o'clock because I have to start at 5. And, um, it all just adds up. And then to throw in the mix, I got sick in the second month as well and I dropped five kilos as well just because I couldn't keep any food inside me. Um, but there was no one at work to take over either, so I couldn't take time off there. And, you know, that, the whole snowball effect of that, you know, I'm down and, and not meeting needs elsewhere while I'm trying to do something else. 
Um, but it was all for a purpose too. You know, we've, we've done something really good at work. I've been paid a lot of overtime, which is going towards holidays in January. And I'll, I'll get family time then as well. But you can't always look at that, that phase. Um, yeah. Anyway, so moving on, I think when it comes to compartmentalizing our life, we can also run the risk of compartmentalizing God as well. So he becomes a part of our life instead of our life being in him and through him and our, through, um, him being in every part of our life. You know, some of us, we only get him out of the box on a Sunday when we come to church. Um, others, it might be once a year when we come to Christmas. And, um, you know, we're missing out the fact that Jesus wants to be in every part of our life. I was reading um, John 10.10. 10. And um, it's the, the thief, it's the story where Jesus is talking about the good shepherd and the thieves. And basically Jesus says, I am the gate, and you come through me, all who come through me will be saved. And goes into John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, and I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And when you read this, I mean, the previous verses about Jesus being the gate, come to me and all will be saved. Um, you can just get kind of lost, I think, here with thinking that it's only about eternity and salvation. But the reality is, like, if you read different versions, like the, uh, the message, it says, I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. And then the Amplified goes, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance, to the full, till it overflows. And I really believe that that's for now as well. You know, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to take away our eternity, but he also wants to make life hell here as well. Through different circumstances, um, he's constantly, you know, looking for ways he can wear us down or make us less effective. And so I really believe that this verse, having life to the full, is for here and now as well. Um, not just eternal salvation. Um, the best life we can lead is one with purpose and meaning, and Jesus came that we could find those. So he not only defeated sin and death, but he also brought in a new covenant that gives us freedom and the power to overcome. Uh, but those, those list of things where you can assess yourself, another one which I've just left till now, is uh, they actually looked at the spiritual side of things as well. And um, it said the final aspect of living a balanced life is your spiritual side. This could be anything from talk, taking a walk in the woods to making a trip to church on Sunday, whatever fills up your spiritual cup. I'm obviously going to strongly advise or advocate for Jesus being the, the one that fills your spiritual cup. Um, but it says, if you score low here, make the time to rethink your connection to God, nature, or whatever, you'll feel refreshed and ready to tackle the world. And this leads into my next thought. So often we overlook the spiritual side of things. I think particularly in Western society where reality is to lead a comfortable life, you don't need God. Like, um, it's better with him, but the way society measures things, if you've got a good family, you've got good health and a good job, well then you've made it. And um, so we often neglect the spiritual side, but I would say it's the most important, particularly in this age where we have pressures coming at us from everywhere, you know, we talked about how much time we spend on TV and social media, I mean, 
there's constantly images being portrayed to us, there's constantly um, pressures to conform to what society says is normal, and um, we need God in us to have a, a supernatural strength to stand on who we are, to know who we are, and have convictions, all that. In Romans um, 8, in the message, um, it talks about so life through the Spirit. So it says, um, those who think they can do it on their own end up obsessed with measuring their own moral muscle, but never get around to exercising it in real life. Those who trust God's action in them find that God's Spirit is in them, living and breathing God. Obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Attention to God leads us out into the open, into a spacious, free life. So that to me is balance right there having that space, that freedom. Um, focusing on the self is the opposite of focusing on God. Anyone completely absorbed in, in self ignores God, ends up thinking more about self than God, and that person ignores who God is and what he is doing. I like to, um, it's verse 5 or 6 in the NIV, it says, But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. When we have God moving in us and through us, we become more like Him, and our desires and passions start to align with His. We take our eyes off ourselves and our problems, and are able to put our trust in Him, and this is when we have balance in our life. You know, when we started tonight, I talked to balance as being work-life balance, um, which is the way the world sees it. But you know, doing those assessments I've talked about, they're good, they're handy help you, um, I guess, get a, a new perspective on things. But I think to have true balance, you need to have a God-life balance. You know, when we line up our life against God and everything that He is, He's going to outweigh any capabilities, any talents, um, any capacity that we have. God is going to far outweigh that. You know, any problems, you know, good or bad things in your life, God is so much bigger than anything we can stack up against Him. There's almost no point in doing it without him. Um, when we fully submit and place at the center of our life and allow everything to revolve around him, then he's able to amplify our strengths. You know, he can support our weaknesses. Um, the Holy Spirit's there to advise us you know, on day-to-day stuff, relationships, um, business, whatever, anything. God wants to have his hand in everything, in every part of our life. And that is when to balance life the way God intended it. So, in closing, I want to take a moment for all of us just to assess where we are with our relationship with God. So, if you just want to close your eyes, bow your heads, um, I just wanted to ask a few questions so that you guys can uh, spend some time in contemplation. But is He at the center of your life? that we dust off on a Sunday? Or is he not part of your life at all? I'm just going to pray to close. And um, Jesus, we just thank you that you came that we might have an abundant life not just in this life, but also in eternity. 
And we thank you that we can learn, lean into you in the good times and bad, and you guide us through your Holy Spirit as we walk with you. Amen. Well, that's it.